You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday lives. In this episode, we're going to answer the question, how should we as followers of Jesus respond to the coronavirus crisis? So this is being recorded on March 17th, 2020. So things could change drastically in the days following this podcast, but we wanted to take time as uh, church leaders to talk about the coronavirus crisis itself and how we as followers of Jesus uh, can continue to follow him well and love our neighbors well, even during this time. So welcome in to Church Unplugged. All right, welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, a part of the leadership team here at Christ Community Chapel. I've got with me today Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, Zach Wyrock, and Todd Ionetta, uh, both members of our leadership team. We are going to talk today about the coronavirus and specifically how should we as followers of Jesus process through this event that continues to unfold in our culture and our society and in our world. Uh, for a frame of reference, we're recording this on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, but it won't be released for about a month. And so things could change even further uh, in many ways, but uh, maybe it would be good for us to talk about how we've processed through it as a church, some of the decisions that we've made in light of it, and then uh, give some guidance and continued advice to followers of Jesus as we think about how to think about the coronavirus. Yeah, I think a good starting point would be to say that a member of our team who really led out in a lot of this is Stacy Donardo, who's not not here, and just kind of watching uh, the landscape and, and even, I think, starting a our process of thinking through how it was going to affect us as a church, uh, what almost a week ago, so the Thursday prior to uh, when we suspended services and activities, you know, she called a meeting and said, "Hey, here, here is where things are. Here is where things are maybe going, and how should we respond?" And I, I think uh, so. Uh, just to shout her out that she led in a lot of that, and that was really the starting point for us that Thursday morning meeting of saying, what is this going to mean for us at Christ Community Chapel? I would I would just add to that, Zach. I feel like these are the times where you want to lean into your really fast-paced drivers. And so Zach's one of them, Joe's one of them, Jimmy's one of them, uh, everybody but me around this table. But you guys are the ones we need to lean into because you guys are fast-paced. You're making decisions quick. Um, and I think we've had to ask for wisdom too. Yeah, and it's yeah, been sure. really cool to see God kind of just help us all pivot uh, really quickly. So. Our staff's been amazing. Oh, I, I have loved watching our staff. You know, the list keeps growing. Of well, as we talk right now, some of our staff are in the atrium packing food bags right. to give to people uh, to feed kids who can't go to school and, and eat meals there. So, Yeah, the first thing I would say is the way that we as Christians need to respond to this is to make sure that we don't, we don't need to respond with fear with the same way that other people do um, because of our hope in Jesus. And that gives us a um, to me, a great strength, and it, it creates a great opportunity, which is what I love about our staff right now. It seems like everybody is uh, is almost excited on our staff trying to say, okay, how is God going to use this? How can God use us to minister at a time like this? What are different ways we can minister? So uh, that's what I've loved watching. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to say, you know, so at present, we're about six days in-ish, days into having suspended all activities at Christ Community Chapel. And I think it's important to say in light of what Joe just said about fear, that fear is not what motivated that for us. You know, when we were in meetings talking about, should we suspend activities? Should we suspend weekend services? What was driving that wasn't 
afraid of getting the virus. Afraid, you know, it was just like, what is the neighbor love thing to do here? Right. You know, we're talking in 2019 about love matters most, right? And that's not just a cliche. That's that's our mantra, right? So how do we best love our neighbors, particularly children, the elderly, those who are immunocompromised? And so, you know, if your reaction to us suspending services was to say, well, that seems like a fear-motivated thing to do, it wasn't. I mean, we were. I was in those meetings and we were saying, Hey, what's the what's the most loving step we can take? And uh, we really felt like that was to say to our neighbors, stay home, don't don't gather with us, and then to pivot and go. But what does it look like to minister to people, to care for people, to preach the gospel to people, to give hope to people in the midst of this? And I think those were our driving factors not not fear, but neighbor love, and not just neighbor love, but even saying, uh, hey, there's an opportunity here to connect with some people. Who, who might have not been looking for uh, meaning and hope from a relationship with God who are now looking for that. It goes back to, to, you know, when things happen like this, when anything happens in your life that is kind of throws you off, the, the first question isn't to ask why, mm. but what is God doing? Like mm. what and what can I do and how can I respond as a, as a follower of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you spend so much time figuring out why and you'll drive yourself nuts. You'll never have that answer this side of, of heaven. Yeah. And we're going to hear some great stories. I, I have already heard about one of our members uh, putting out on social media that she has a cooler outside of her house that she is stuffed with food and is just saying, anyone who needs anything, just come over to my house. You don't have to come in, don't have to knock, uh, no yeah, questions awesome. asked, just grab what you need. And she took a picture of what she had in the cooler. Yeah. And sa- and I think that kind of stuff, uh, that is just going to be uh, great as we minister. Because there are going to be people that really need help right yeah. now. Yeah. And I, I think it's just one of those seasons of life where, you know, I remember uh, just by way of analogy, a couple years ago, one, one of my closest friends, I mean, a guy I played high school football with, very close friend back home in Indiana, his dad uh, collapsed and it looked like he wasn't going to make it. And I told my wife, you know, that night, I said, I got to drive down there. And, you know, it's about an eight hour drive. She's saying, that's crazy. Why? And I was just saying, this feels like a moment where he's going to remember who was there for him right. and, and who wasn't. And this friend matters to me. I need him to know that I'm, I'm there for him. And sure enough, his dad passed away. And I think that was a really meaningful couple of days for even us as friends of me just saying, like, I don't need anything from you, but I'm here for you. You matter enough to me. Uh, and I think this is one of those times, right, in our community where people are going to remember who, who step, stepped up who was generous, right. who was kind, who was caring, your elderly neighbor, your immunocompromised neighbor, you know, people who are following you on social media, they're going to remember who, who was generous, who was kind. And we just want that. And it's not that we want them to remember us for being so great, but we want to remember that the people of Jesus, right. they stepped up. I mean, they, they were around. They were, they, they were looking to help. And I think that's a team effort. That takes every one of us, whether it's a cooler on the porch or it's us putting together a digital service. There are a lot of forms it can take, but saying, hey, the time is now for the people of Jesus to step up and, and love well. And I think a different outcome too could be to ask yourself, what's God trying to do in me during this time? You know, our our kids are at home. Uh, there's no sports. Like our life was busy. We were running like crazy and now we're just it's not. Record scratch. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. And, and, it, and it goes back to, you know, even just your identity of where do you find your identity and keeping busy and 
making sure you're doing all these things or is it in Christ? And I think these times reveal that. And I think we'll have to use some wisdom too, because there'll be times like I know at church as we're packing these meals, we're going to put them in a truck and we're going to tell people, you can come up and just pick it out of the truck because we want to still maintain social distance right, for right. safety. But we want to say uh, anything you need from us, we are there. We we can help. And uh, one of the things that I have loved to see too is the people that are uh, – donating online or whatever, allowing us to do this. When we first thought of this, uh, we were about to suspend or we had already suspended services. And I sent uh, an email out to the elders saying, hey, we have this idea. Uh, it's going to cost uh, fifty dollars or $60,000 to feed 1,000 kids for three weeks. What do you think? And we have suspended services. We have no idea what the giving is going to be like. And every elder sent back immediately uh, do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And so, uh, so we s then had our staff spring into action, and uh, it, it was a result of the generosity of people. Then, mm -hmm. yeah. And you need to know as you're listening to this, uh, just two things. One is that the staff feels that support. You know, when right. the staff that are there packing uh, bags right now. So many of you have been uh, kind enough to say, "Can I come help?" And you can't because you, you know we're trying to be careful Stay with the spread of the the virus. And the staff has already been in the building. We've been around each other, so you know there, that's a difference than introducing new people. So, but we feel your support. I mean, we know we're the ones there packing bags and giving them out, but we are simply representatives of of you, uh, and that's our joy. And it's our joy because you have our back. But the second thing, people are asking, "What can I do? What can I do? What can I do?" And here's what you can do. Go online and, and set up a reoccurring gift. Move your giving to online because in these times, we are able to know, hey, yes, we can do this. We can agree to that. We are able to be generous because of your generosity. And that's taking so many different forms. I mean, I just was talking with Jim Bosco, who leads our worship team, and about the musicians that we have signed up for Easter. And for those Easter musicians, that's a big part of their income. They they count on that. And our ability to say, hey, you know what? We're still going to take care of you, even though we're not sure what Easter services are going to look like now. So we're able to be generous like that because of your generosity. So thank you. And and keep that up because it really enables us to, we're coming to the office every day with new ideas of right. what it means to love our neighbors. And we're able to dream that way because of you. And I, I read a great story in a book uh, not too long ago uh, about a person who is going through the flood in Houston and he called uh, Chick-fil-A. And the manager of Chick-fil-A answered and this guy ordered a sandwich and a boat. And the Chick-fil-A manager said, what do, you, what do you mean a boat? And he said, well, I tried to call 911, but it was busy and no one would answer. And the only other people I thought of that, could do, that would do this is Chick-fil-A. And that manager had a boat at that guy's house to rescue his family in an hour. And I told our staff that, and I just thought, you know, that's what we want to be as a church. That's what I want to be as a neighbor. I want my neighbors around me, if they can't, if the stores are closed, if they can't get something, I want them to go, hey, you're the only one that I thought of. I knocked on your door because I knew that you would do something. Uh, and that's what uh, we want as our church. We just want to say, listen, if, if 911 doesn't answer, we want CCC to be yeah. Uh, Call the, someone from that church. Yeah, get right, someone right. from that because church. Because we'll do something. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, you know, if you're, li you're listening to this weeks ahead of when we're recording it, and none of us know what those weeks are going <laughs> to look like. It's an uncertain time. And we pray for and, and mourn and grieve the loss of life, the people who are sick. At this point, 
when you're listening to this, some of us could be sick. I mean, we we hate that. But we're also praying that God would seize the opportunity, that, That's right. that he would change lives, that that our church would grow tighter together, that that we would get clarity on what really matters, what's really important. So I think there's a sense of enthusiasm among the staff, just, yeah, what, what is God going to do? What could he do? Uh, how could he make himself famous uh, through this time? And I hope, as you're listening to this, he's done that in lots of ways, and uh, you're thinking back on those things right now as we're talking. But we are looking forward with some expectation that good things can happen. Yeah, it reminds me of the book of Acts, like the church spread when people were scattered, when they couldn't always meet together, then the church spread. Yeah. Yeah, so if you guys could think of, like, let's maybe make a list of practical things, because it's so hard to think about, okay, if I can't leave my house and I can't do this and I can't do that, what can Mm -hmm. I do? Mm -hmm. Maybe give me the top yeah, let me mind. give you two just to start us off. So one is you can actually take the recommendation of doctors and scientists seriously. So the church has a bad reputation historically of being anti-science. It's a great opportunity for us to flip that. So you can practice social distancing. You can avoid large gatherings. You can wash your hands frequently, right? Christians can be people who take that seriously. There was a church I follow on social media, I can't remember which one, which shared a quote from Martin Luther uh, in what the 15th century, 14th, 15th century, where there was a, when there was a plague happening and he, someone asked him, what are you going to do? And he, he said some things like, I'm going to stay away from people. I'm going to stay clean. I'm going to, you know, I think take it seriously or take it seriously, obey what people are telling us. But the second thing is, uh, we have an idea we're pushing out for the first time. I hope by the time you listen to this, you've participated in it three times already. And that is, we're calling it takeout and tip. Thursday. And this is just a really practical thing. We're encouraging people on Thursday nights or Thursday lunch to get takeout and then to tip 100% of the bill. So local restaurants have been hit really hard. They've by been asked this. to close. They can't. Yeah. yeah. So we want to support them. And also those in the service industry have been hit hard. So we want to say, hey, order pizza. And if the bill is $50, tip $50. You would never do that, but say to the, and say to that server, hey, we're praying for you. Hang in there. You'll make it. We've got your back. So I think just things like that are so helpful, and we want to make a concerted effort to do that every Thursday. So if you're listening to this and it's Thursday, order, order, and tip 100% of the bill and and tell them you're praying for them and, you, and, and you're, you're rooting for them. I think another thing, too, is that just as, uh, as followers of Jesus, you know, as fathers and mothers in your home, it could be your opportunity to become somewhat of a pastor inside of your home to lead your family spiritually because you're not able to, you know, to, to go out and go to church every single week. Um, what's it look like to you for you to be challenged in that to grow in your ability to lead spiritually? And one of the things that I've done, I'm not a great sleeper, and so when I'm up at night. Now I have a list in my head of people who are uh, at a higher risk. And I am praying for them. I know that our staff members have uh, passed out cards and uh, lists of names of people in our church to be uh, just to drop them a note and say that we're praying for them. For you to to text different people that you know, uh, email people that you know, tell them that you are praying for them, and if they just check in, see if they need anything or if you can do anything for them or their neighbors is always a good thing to do. Just to let somebody know you're thinking of them. I would think one practical thing that uh, has come to mind for me is just uh, don't make fear-based decisions and don't hoard stuff. Right. Like that, that's just, you know, Joe mentioned it in the first sermon uh, in our digital services, but that's really true. If, if you, yeah, I mean, 
Uh, if you go to the store and you just clear the toilet paper off the shelf, or I know Todd was looking for chicken, so if anybody has chicken, you can. Yeah, and I found out Stacy has all of it. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> right. but, but seriously, you can love your neighbor by not hoarding things. And uh, if you have hoarded stuff, be generous. Go over to your neighbor's house and say, hey, by the way, I need to confess to you that I have 40 pounds of chicken in my freezer. <laughs> and if you'd like a couple pounds, take it. Uh, I just think this is an opportunity for us as followers of Jesus to uh, really show neighborly love in tangible ways. And so uh, while obviously there are there's a lot of sadness and, and challenge that comes with it, uh, it is also a chance for us as the church to thrive and to show up when uh, people need us the most, when people need hope the most. Uh, this is our chance. And, yeah, and so, again, I think it's one of those situations in life where you can be paralyzed by all the options, right? None of us are going to be able to meet every need to check every box. The question is, what's the one thing? What's the one thing that you can do in this season to be loving, to be kind, to be generous? What's one, one thing that you can do? And I think if we each take that seriously, again, we, we can really move the needle on this thing. So if you have that one thing, keep doing it. And trust that other people are going to meet other needs. And if you don't, then just find that. Start there. One thing you can do to say to your neighbors, I love you. You matter. God loves you. God sees you. God cares. Hang in there. We're all in this together. Find that one thing and do it uh, to the utmost of your ability. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.